Hey, 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 it's your favorite career coach, Crystal Williams, and you are now tuned in to the Peculiar Career Chit Chat Podcast. I'm back in the Peculiar Palace on the mic again this week to not only empower and position you to be all you can be to thrive in your career, but to also give you peculiar strategies that infuse faith to accelerate in your nine to five career journey. Let's jump into the episode. It's your favorite career coach, Crystal. Excited to share that I have a special guest in the Peculiar Palace today. I have Dr. Sharla Walker back with us again. Say hey, Sharla. Hey, girl. Hey. Sharla was previously with us on the three-part podcast series entitled Embracing Transitions in Your Career. So if you have not heard that, y'all go and check it out right now. It's absolutely amazing. Gems are being dropped by Charlotte and I, and so you don't want to miss it. But today, guess what? She will be sharing with us about her new book. Oh, my goodness. And guess what it's called? This, it up your sword. The title alone, Charlotte, is blessing my soul, okay? So I just can't wait for you to share more insights about your book today some what the book is going to really do and how it's going to impact women across the world yes without further ado i have to turn the mic over to dr charlotte walker to share all about what she is doing in this season with sis pick up your sword girl thank you so much for having me back i love when we get together because it's always a good time This has been such, this has been a season and a time. Amen. And so this is something that God has actually placed on the inside of me. Last year, I had started writing the book. And at the time, he hadn't given me the name. It was just me in obedience, writing this down and starting this project. And honestly, it comes from and stems from the necessity for us to pick up our sword. There's so much that we go through as believers in our personal lives, in our careers, in our spirit walk. And there is this nuance that we have where we try to only apply the word of God to certain areas, not realizing that the Bible is a holistic manual for us to live life the way that God intended. And the other part of this is in spiritual warfare in Ephesians 6. Paul tells us, that the Bible, the word of God is our sword. And so as we go through and we face these battles, spiritual warfare, as we face even trial and tribulation at the little Lucy, because we don't put no respect on the devil's name, as little Lucy be out here trying to tempt us, if you are observant, you'll see that it is the word of God that helps us triumph. But it's our only offensive weapon. And a lot of us are not trained in how to use it. And so similar to a concealed carry class, right? Because, and I talk about this a little bit in the book, like we've all been impacted by someone who has misappropriated the word of God because they don't know how to use their sword well, because nobody's trained them. And so really this started out as a journal, solo at first. And I was like, let me just put some pips in the front. And tips in the front has turned into it being a guide with an accompanying journal. Because God be gotten all the time. And so the guide has four key principles that I share about you thriving 
and how to thrive in your faith. So if you want to connect or reconnect with God, you absolutely need to make sure that you grab it. And then I teach a Bible study framework called the Renew Method that I've taught for several years now at this point that really helps you take it from this application to you having the ability to walk this thing out. And then the second half of the guide is you getting to know the bits and pieces of your Bible. I do a whole anatomy breakdown of the Bible. I talk about context. I talk about the Old Testament, New Testament, summaries of each chapter of the Bible, just to really help you get rooted in understanding the different pieces of your sword. Girl, I love that. I love that. And one word that you said that I really emphasize on this podcast is thriving. There is a big difference between thriving and surviving. And one thing we don't want to do is simply survive through life. And if we know how to literally use the word as our, and use it as our sword, we cannot, we can go from survival mode to thrive mode just like that. We understand, we're going to get that understanding as to what we carry who the Lord our God is, the Lord we serve, yes. and all of that. And so I just love how your book is going to like break it down for people and to give them that extra bump they need in order to be out here thriving through life. And that's the place surviving. Excited. So one thing you haven't, you didn't even touch on this, but I know we're going to get into it. You, one of the chapters in your book, and I believe it's chapter three, you said, It's called Pivot into Purpose. Mm -hmm. Pivot into Purpose. And one of the, it's called the Pivot Strategy, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so with the Pivot Framework and the Pivot Strategy, I want you to share with people the acronym for Pivot. Because when you shared that for me, to, to me, I was just like, wow, that is so good. And I just know each and every letter in the acronym of Pivot, you're Mm -hmm. going to it down for people and so I, before I get ahead of myself I'm gonna let you go ahead and tell people what the pivot framework even is yes so the pivot framework is really to help us address what to do when we're in transition honestly I was in a transition season God's like you're, you're about to pivot and at the time I was like okay so what does this mean I'm looking at like basketball. It was just like, it was crazy. But as I continue over about the course of a year, even as we recorded that podcast episode that we did, the series that we did together, there are five key areas of transitioning from what I think my purpose is into what God has called me to do. And you have to have this firm foundation in order for you to ensure that you are on the path that God created you to be on. You have to be able to identify and understand your purpose, your identity, your vision and your values, how to overcome opposition, and trusting truth, which is the word of God. And throughout chapter three, I discuss each one of these areas in detail so we can start to evaluate and really set some firm foundation in our lives as we continue to go through and grow through the seasons that God takes us like case in point one of the transitions that I went through I told you was about my job 
And we talked about that here on the podcast. I took the year off, got started building the business, and I found myself in a position where I missed my job. I missed being a nurse practitioner. I loved it. And I talked about on here my transition of God putting me back in the career field, but with his stipulations, his boundaries. And it was because it wasn't the job that I valued. God had to show me what I really valued, right? God knows the desires of our heart, even if we are unaware of them. So it wasn't the money or the position that I desired. I really, I love doing what I do and I love freedom. I want the freedom to be able to be home and be a part of my family, to be active. I don't want to sacrifice my home life for my career. And with God and him shifting my values and really revealing to me, I was able to truthfully get a job that I love. I've never been happier. I've never been happier in my career. In every facet. In every facet. That's such a blessing. I love how you say you've never been happy in your career besides this point in time in your career, this moment in your career, this pivotal, look, this pivotal moment. Come on. Your career. And y'all, we always talk about being happy in your career. And I believe the reason why she is happy is for one, she surrendered her career journey to God. She said, God, you take the wheel on this because clearly I tried and it wasn't working. And for one, she just let, she said, she let go and she let God. And so y'all, when you are in that season of transition in your career journey or just in life in general, let it be known that you got to seek you first, the kingdom of God, period. Then really trust. Look, I may be getting into your stuff because you, you talk about trusting truth, but yeah. really trust that God has your best interest at heart. Like he'll never leave you nor forsake you, even though you may feel like you're like, what way do I need to go? Mm-hmm. Keep, asking, keep asking God for the direction. He will lead you yep. step by step. Okay. Yeah. So look, let me not get ahead of myself or what Charlotte is about to share with you all. So you go ahead, Charlotte. Yeah. No. So that's, I'm glad that you brought that up because the number one reason many of us don't see the fruit in our lives is not because the Bible is wrong. It's because we are wrong. God's word is the standard. He is the standard. And it is his word. And many of us say things, but we don't truly believe them. So I'm the head and not the tail. But you don't really believe. And I know you don't believe that because your decisions and your declarations are not adding up. The decisions that you're making in your day-to-day life versus what you're declaring out of your mouth, they're not making sense. And so when God gathered me whole and was like, come here, let's talk, it was really first him showing me, like, you got a belief problem. You, I know you believe in me. I know that you believe I exist. But do you believe me when I say I know the plans that I have for you? And they're to prosper you and not to harm you. Do you believe me 
when I tell you that the weapons will form, but they won't prosper. Because I was like, look, sir, they're looking real prospery. It's prosperous. Prospery. It's, it's <laughs> looking prospery. Right. And one thing that I highly recommend and something that I've started practicing is getting used to, before you do anything else, go back. Just even from the inception of your life. And all of those moments where you know that wasn't nothing but God. Because see, as a child, we don't necessarily know that it's the Lord. But there are things like when I did the time to I took the time to do this, I went back and was like, oh, little has he been trying to kill me? So when we went to the bank when I was four, and my mom, they give you the little like lollipop, and they were they're literally called safety pops. And they had the little loop for the kids. I put mine in my mouth, it came clear off the stick, and I choked. I was in the backseat choking before we pulled out the parking lot. Oh, okay. wow. So just all throughout my life, I see God covering, keeping me, covering me, keeping me. And now that I know him for myself, I can now draw inference on that was his character. That's his love and his mercy. Yep. That's his character. That's his grace. Yep. He was definitely patient with me because I was for the streets in this season of my life. <laughs> like I can see his love and his character through our relationship even when I wasn't 100% in the relationship. And so the first thing that we have to reconcile is that. And I talk about that in chapter, I think it's in chapter two, about us being connected to the source. But a lot of us do not know God like that. We know of him, but we don't know him. And so throughout the chapter, I'm really taking the time to reveal, no, God, see, because you got bad PR. So let me help you because see these people who say that they live for you and that they love you and that they're your representatives, they're not doing you. So now in this chat, let's just go through who you are. You are the I am the I am. That means whatever I need you to be, you're going to be that. And if I'm being for real with myself, if I look back over my life, you've been doing it. And so we have to also pick up our sword because we need to come into agreement with the fact God's been here. He's been doing this well before we decided to be in relationship with him. He was already committed to us because it's covenant. And so we have to allow and take the time and be intentional about building and deepening our relationship with the God who that we say that we love, that we serve, and not this gimme, gimme, gimme what I want. Because a lot of the stuff that I had prayed for at one point, I ain't want it for real. Isn't that so funny? It's like we have that revelation, like, ooh, or that aha moment, like, ooh. I really did not want that. But but God knows man. He he knows. Yep. He knows yep. how to close the door. Yep. He knows how to open the door. Yep. He knows how to redirect our path. Yes. When we when we want the other path. 
Yes. <laughs> you want to know that you stay in your lane. Because you hit them runners in the track meet. When you run outside your lane, you are, you're disqualified. You're disqualified. And a lot of us are disqualifying ourselves. And we're mad at God. But the race that we're running is his race. The mm. purpose we're fulfilling is his purpose. The plans are his plan. And we have this propensity. We have our whole career map. Because let me tell you, I, I did. I told God at 17, I remember sitting on my mom's floor. And I told God, I'm going to be a doctor by the time I'm 30. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a doctor. Right? In my head, medical doctor. Like, I was going to med school. The way life and the way God would have it, it didn't work out like that. I have a younger sister who's special needs. Both of my parents are military. I was the oldest sibling living at home. I ended up getting sick my senior year of high school and went through this process of finding out I have this rare genetic kidney disorder. And so me going away to school, it wasn't feasible. I didn't have the way my, my family dynamic and my health and all of these situations lined up. I needed to be able to be close to home. My grandma was dealing with breast cancer. I needed to be close to home. So I ended up going to nursing school. My, my high school counselor, we had a conversation. She said, Charlotte, you are extremely bright. I know you are, but listen to me. You can do four years pre-med, get done, and have all of these bills and no job because you do the path is pre-med then you do med school then you do your residency and then if you go on to fellowship specialize all of that she's like here's what i want you to consider becoming a nurse practitioner i had never heard of being a nurse practitioner before my aunt was a nurse but a nurse practitioner, I don't even know what that is. She oh, they operate similar to doctors. And this is the path. Path is four years, get your bachelor's in nursing. And when you get done, you can work a good job. Because see, she knew the stuff going on with my health. She knew the stuff about my sister. She knew that my dad was in Iraq at the time. She knew, she knew that I was really pivotal and she could see something I could not, which was like, Girl, you gonna have like this could get rocky. This may not be a straight path. And so, what ended up happening was I followed her advice, and I would have these moments where I felt like I gave up on a dream I had. However, in twenty twenty one, May twenty twenty one, two months maybe three months before, three months before my birthday, I completed my doctorate program in nursing. And so even though God took me on the path that he had for me, he still honored the desire of my heart. And at 30, you gonna have to call me doctor. Okay? Because... Yeah, Dr. Charlotte. <laughs> At 30, he, so he honored the desire, but it's his plan. 
that wasn't the path that he had for me. The path that he had for me was for me to become a nurse and then get involved in community health. And then the fruit that has and continues to grow from the perspective of me being a nurse, even like my God baby that was here last month, such a good time. But I, I met her mama because I took, I was her brother's NICU nurse before, and then he ended up passing away and me and his mom remained really good friends. So she gets pregnant, calls me. This, this, what, Karen, almost 10 years ago, because I graduated with my bachelor's in 2013. I started as a NICU nurse in 2014. Almost 10 years later, I have a guy baby who just, uh, everything, just everything to me. And so even the fruit of relationship, the lives that God put me in place to be able to touch as a nurse practitioner and that I'm still in position that he's allowed me to touch even now on this job that I've been on for less than six months because it was his path. So my coworker who was agnostic and we were talking about it in just general conversation. And I said, what if your church just up? And it wasn't like, because how are you trying to chunk all that up to God? And your church just because. And now she go to church. And she back in the word. Oh, okay. Because it's his. Oh, my goodness. I just love everything you just shared because it definitely screams nothing but God moments. Yeah. Nothing but God moments. And we all like, we're praying for them. We pray, oh God, show me the way. Oh God, this, oh God, that. But I'm like, but are you listening? And are you having the courage to really follow his path? Because it takes courage. It takes strength. It mm -hmm. takes all those things because it's like we're going into the unknown. Yes. It's like for anybody, we're all human. That yeah. is going to be scary. Let's just yeah. be real. Yeah. Real 100 with it. It's going to be scary for us to go down a path we know nothing about. Yeah. We're like, I don't know what it is, but I know it's a God thing. So yeah. it's a God thing. And God, you're all over this. Then I have to trust you. I mm -hmm. have to trust that. You're going to help me to encounter or have me to encounter those I need to in order to truly pivot into a place that yes. not just where I want to go, but where you want to take me. Yes. What's the experience you want to take me on yep. so that I can then testify and share all the goodness and the greatness about who you are in yep. my life. So, yes, you all, you're hearing Dr. Charlotte's story. This is a part of her testimony, but she's also showing you different principles of what it is to really trust God. Yep. And the importance of trusting God when it comes to not just your career journey, but just in life in general. And so when you had talked about the, the lady coming to share with you another option, I just immediately was like, oh, that was God speaking through her. <laughs> it had to be God. Speaking through her because it was like, what do I like to call it? It was, Yes, it was a God moment, but I can't think of it right now. But anyway, God used her to show you another option. 
yep. because you were so sold out on your plan. But God was like, wait a minute. You need to be sold out for my plan for you. Yeah. Be sold That's out for my plan for you. Yeah. That's the part. And even in the book, I share three purpose pillars. These are the foundation of purpose. You have to know that your purpose has already been provided. First thing that I realized in the space is that we waste so much time looking for our purpose. But we don't need to look for something that's already been provided. Jesus tells us in the Great Commission that we are to go out, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teach them how to live in alignment with his commandments. That's everybody's purpose. We were made for that. And so we get frustrated with God. Because we're like, God, I'm asking you for my purpose. I'm asking you for my purpose. He said, I said what I said. His written word is his word. He's not silent. He's been talking since Genesis. Since before Genesis, because that's how Genesis got here. Right? Like, he's been speaking. He spoke the entire world into existence. And so we have to understand that it's not the what, it's how. And when we pivot our prayer, our conversation and our requests of God from God, what is my purpose? God, how do I use the gifts, the education, the talent, the skill to fulfill the purpose that you've created me for? Then you'll experience this, right? I'm not an anomaly. God wants all of us to have this kind of relationship with him. He cares about your career. He cares about your love life. He cares about anything that you care about. For real. Even this past week, my dog, she's 15. She is my fur baby. And earlier this year, we found out that she's a home failure. And so all year, this has been something that has just bothered me, right? This is my baby. She has been part of me and my husband's relationship. We've been together for 15 years. Literally, since we've been together, she is our baby. And so... Watching her not be well has been bothersome. And just the way little Lucy does over the last couple of weeks, as I've been editing and putting things together, she just keeps getting worse and worse. And so right now she has this cough. We joke and say it's a smoker's cough. Because you, I just have to laugh sometimes at trauma. Uh, y'all hear that? Last yes. Day. I have to laugh just a little bit. Because if you don't find joy somewhere, oh. She don't know that we didn't rename her to Coffee Brown because she's brown and all she do is cough all day. She don't know. <laughs> but it helps me and her dad cope with the fact that no, we're really trying to help her though. And so what ended up happening was last week, she went in to get some x-rays. Dogs have to be sedated to get x-rays. It's a whole thing. The first time she got sedated back in December, she did not do well. And I was all right. I had a level of like, my baby better come home, that I did not want to deal with this again. The vet that was covering for her vet made a mess of some stuff, and I was frustrated. But I continued to do what God had called me to do to get this book out. Last week, I'm sitting on my couch because they were also supposed to do a heart ultrasound, and they I like to cluster her care. 
I'm not going to keep bringing my baby back here. She don't like being here. She cries every time. I'm that black mama who's also in healthcare. We supposed to be clustering kids. We supposed to be doing her echo and her heart ultrasound together. Her echo, her x-ray and her echo together. And so I didn't cut up, but I definitely talked to her after when we got when he got back. And the cough continued. And I'm just like, God, I literally laid hands on my dog, picked somebody else. But I just prayed over her. I was like, God, just give us peace of mind. Like she she has a, a soul too. Like you breathe breath into her body. So this your dog, this your animal, and you know how much I care about her. Last week, I'm sitting on the couch, literally working on the book and all the behind the scenes stuff that goes into it. I get a call from her vet. And I'm like, oh boy, what's wrong? They called her doctor. Was like, hey, we have some students coming in on July 8th. And I wanted to see if Kayla would be available so I can show the students how to do an echo. And it's going to be free. So her doctor's going to do her ultrasound for free. It's $500. Woo! Look at God. Right? So when I tell, when I say that he cares, and I can't even say that outside of me being like, Lord, my prayer has been, don't, I don't want her to suffer. So don't allow me to keep an objective look of like when she's had enough. Cause she can't, well, she do to me, but she can't say, look, I'm tired. She talks, all she does not bark. She talks in real life. Chris, I'm going to show you off camera because. I gotta see this because (laughs) real life, like I've probably heard her bark 10 times in the 15 years that we've had her. She is mouthy. Like literally. So she talks. We have a real good line of communication, but only it's like she a dog, right? So I know some things. I can tell when she's stressed out, she'll let me know. I can tell when and she's, I don't want to do this. I could tell when she's ready for me to come upstairs with her so she can get in bed and feel comfortable because I'm in my bed and she in her bed. We've been together this long. But that has been my prayer. I didn't even say, God, I'm so upset about the echo. But he just took care of it. So when you're about his business, when you're about your father's business, he, care, he cares about everything. That was the point of that story. He cares even about how much I love my dog. All of them. I love it. I love it. And in Charlotte, it was something that you said. First off, it was the laugh about your trauma. And then you talked about how you got to find joy in every moment. Yeah. Literally, that has been a focus of mine this year. Find joy in every moment to the point where I had, when you said that, I had to look up because I'm like, that is exactly what I have on my board. It's on my to-do list, my yes. to-do list. And I encourage you all to add this to your forever to-do list is to find joy in every moment. Yeah. And it's going to be times, it's just reality. It's going to be times where you don't like something. It's going to be times where you go through and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, where you at? Look. <laughs> yeah. But I want to encourage you all to find joy in every moment. And then right above the find joy in every moment, I have to pray without ceasing. <laughs> season and this is about every aspect of your life yeah. not about 
oh, God, give me this. God, give me that. No, Charlotte just gave that dynamic story about her dog. God even cares about that. Yeah. That part of your life. Yes. <laughs> if God cares about that part of your life, what makes you think that he's not going to care about the career going wrong or yeah. somebody stabbing you down your back or somebody yeah. talking about you or your business going crazy up and down all the time yeah. like what makes you think he's not going to care about that and so i want to encourage you all just to find joy in every moment yeah, yeah. that's charlotte let me i want to add this and this okay this is something that god has been dealing with me on in my business as i've been writing the book because the book is fire but what but what's coming behind it child y'all Child, listen to me. God has been bringing me through what I'm calling this year as a reconstruction season. And part of it, and through this, he has revealed a couple things to me. Y'all get y'all pens and y'all papers. This is about to be good. So first is the issue with us is that we say that we believe God, but we don't. And I know I've said that. Listen, I'm going somewhere with this. You can tell by the way that we pray. When we pray, we already have sat down, probably called your mama, your auntie, and them, and we come up with our limited solutions that were developed, our limited human capacity and then we take these lists of solutions and we go to God and be like can you co-sign this if we're being truthful that is what prayer looks like but when you look at David's prayers Daniel, Joseph Hezekiah them having the solution and more of them waiting on God to get when we talk about praying without ceasing we have to be mindful in the fact that we truly aren't praying effectively because prayer is not us coming up with solutions and bringing them to God prayer is us coming to God and waiting to get his when Habakkuk went to write the vision and make it plain, he was writing what God said. And it had nothing to do with mansions and cars. It had everything to do with, hey God, your people out here cutting up. And God was like, Oh, I'm gonna punish them. Write this down. I'm gonna tell you what the punishment about to look like. And so we have to shift our prayers, shift our perspective from this. I'm a figure it out mentality. You don't have the you don't have the ability to figure this out on your own. You have to be fully surrendered. And so what prayer should look is, God, first of all, let me come to you and let me sing your praises. Not just for you, but for me to remind my flesh of who you are. Then I can cast my cares. God, I really feel some kind of way 
about about this lady at my job. She about to meet DC before Christ me. Help me. I know this ain't like you. I know this is not like you. Please help me. What do I need to do? What lesson am I supposed to learn? See, our prayer should be more questions than requests. Did y'all hear that? I think you got to repeat that again. Yes. Like, our prayer should be more questions than they are requests. God, what you want me to say to her? Because what I came up with, I know, ain't of God. <laughs> I know that I know that ain't you. That's me. That's crying my up. That's little scrappy. That's a William J. G. That's got my tongue. Got my fingers on how I'm about to write this email. Email. Like, talk about that. Yes. <laughs> and so once we start positioning ourselves to hear and we're really surrendered to God is playing the Holy Spirit. Because I had a little attitude. Well, God was like, God, you ain't really been talking to me about my business. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've been doing the things, but you ain't been talking to me. And he said, you haven't asked me any questions. Correct. 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 You correct. You got me. You got me on that. You are correct. I am the drama. Anytime what the word of God said. And my and what's happening in my life are not reflecting. I have come to the conclusion for all of us. It's us. We are the drama. His word is complete, perfect, and lacking nothing. He is the Alpha and the Omega. God is the most consistent yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so if you aren't experiencing things like life more abundantly, because Jesus came as past tense. So that we could have life and have it more abundantly. So if you aren't living in abundance and see the issue is that, again, perspective shift, that doesn't mean that you have a million dollars in the bank. Because there's people that have an abundance of money and still aren't living in abundance. So they're committing suicide. Ooh, they bank might be in abundance, but their soul is mm-hmm. not. My spirit is nice. Ooh. Their life, you're still not living life more abundantly. And so the skill of finding joy, because that's a that is a fruit to the who? The spirit. So your nails are cute. I'm here for you getting your nails done. And also, in two weeks, when they start looking a little raggedy. Are you still looking for joy? But see, that's only something that Holy Spirit can give to us. And so if we're not surrendered to him, to where he can fill us, fill our lives, fill our careers, then we're going to keep putting Band-Aids on gunshot wounds. And you're going to slowly bleed out until you crash. And that's what we see the state of people are, especially people like us, highly productive in careers and in all of the things. We are putting band-aids. We are fixers, many of them, trying to solve problems. And there are some problems I cannot solve that won't be solved in this lifetime. And yet I still have to be able to find joy. The way I do that 
Because joy, by definition, is me being able to seek God in every situation. But if I'm not submitted to his Holy Spirit, to the spirit that he has placed on the inside of us, Holy Spirit is his own person. He's a part of the Trinity. He is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is my guide, is my advocate, is my helper. But you hollering, God, I need help. But you're quenching the spirit. Because you're making your own choices. Right? We have to really shift our perspective. And all of these wisdom, all of these gains, and all of this perspective shift that God has given me, I've only learned because I started studying his word. I picked up my sword and I started with me. Sis, pick up your sword. Hello. (laughs) You know, let's cut down all these little cobwebs that I got in my thought process. Right when I, and I even talk about doing word studies in the book. Etymology is the study of language. The Bible is written in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. And the English language is linked. So there are words that we use all the time. You don't really have a full understanding of what was meant. So when the Bible says, love God with all of your heart, all of your mind, and all of your soul, when you study this word in the Greek, it comes from the word agapo. By definition, it means to choose God's choices. Because I love you, I prefer what you prefer for me. And so if you are not picking the choices that God has for your life, do we really love him? And the issue is that we don't even ask him what choice he prefers. We just be doing stuff. Uh, Look, let's unpack all of that because that was so good, first off, because I just wrote, choose God's choices. And as soon as you said that, I'm like, that right there is why people seem so unhappy at times with what they got going on in their life, mm-hmm. what they got going on in their career, whatever they got going on. Yeah. You are happy because you out here trying to do it on your own. You out here trying to choose your choices instead of God's yeah. choices for your life. And it's, I, I don't know why that is with some people. But Charlotte, if I could ask you, what would be the why people don't choose God's choices? The same reason Eve didn't choose God's choices. That's why. Because we are us. So outside of the enemy being the enemy, Lil Lucy being Lil Lucy, this is my part of pivot, your identity. You don't know who you are. Or who you belong to. Right? The Lord talks about how he knew us before he formed us. And that is the version that we really need to be trying to get back to. And so he loves us all. Right? While we were yet sinners, he sent his son to come and die for us on our, on our behalf. Because we'd be out here big ghetto in these streets. But when you don't know who... You are or who you belong to. You act like an orphan. And so you don't really have anybody you 
I don't feel like I have anybody to support me. I need help. Yeah. And so you just trying to do the best you can with what you got. Because you don't understand what you have. Because you don't understand who you are. So when God showed me or told me that I'm a teacher, it made so much sense. I could see it across my life. The parents that I helped. Everyone's, oh, I love her. She explains everything so well. She's willing to sit there and just explain things to make sure. And in my limited capacity, I've always been like that because you take this baby home. Right? But it was the gift of God for him to be able to allow me to process and share things in a way to where people can receive it. That is a gift. And so then I can look back and be like, girl, you always have been out here just being, like, just operating in your little gift. You didn't even know it was a gift yet. That's cute. But we don't choose God's choices because we don't know who we are and we don't know who he is. And so in the book, I talk about both. Chapter two is just all about who God is. And this is why you have to get in your word. Chapter three, when we talk about identity, many of us have adopted circumstances as a part of our identity. There are some things that have happened to you that you now have taken on as your identity. And it's a circumstance. And I had to live. My Gigi passed away from breast cancer. And before I started podcast, Vit Prescription for Purpose, me and my friend had another podcast. It was called Your Health is Lit. The name is dumb in retrospect. But it was all about health literacy. <laughs> it was all about health literacy because I was trying to help anyone who felt this void, me, the granddaughter, who missed her granny. My mission was like, I need to educate everybody. We got to save all the black grannies. Essentially. And so I was listening to the Blessed and Boston podcast. And it, just from that moment to now, Crystal, like, in that moment, my friend who I was podcasting with, Donna, she was like, oh, I think you'd like this podcast. The way life, like, the path that God had for me. Because Ooh, that's okay. that encouraged me. The host of that podcast, Tatum, that's my good sis. I never, I never could have thunk. <laughs> and if it wasn't for Donna giving me that podcast, I wouldn't know you. This is so true. Oh goodness! So I met you at a podcast retreat. Exactly. That Tatum, mm-hmm. I didn't know Tatum like that at the time. I was scared to spend money on a podcast. Oh my god! What is this on work at? But look at the fruit of our obedience. Yes. Look at, look, we both podcasting now. Look. Yes. So Donna sends me this episode and Tatum, it was about surrendering. I don't remember exactly, but she had challenged us to set the atmosphere and pray and ask God about the things that are happening. What had happened was it was breast cancer month and I wanted to do this thing for a tribute to women with breast cancer. One person submitted a picture, and it was my friend. Thank you. That's it. Right? And it hurt my feelings. 
I was in shambles. I felt like nobody cared. And so I listened to the podcast and I do it. So I'm getting dressed for work and I'm like, God, nobody cares. And, and I'm going on and on. And when I tell you, God, chin check, glory, gather, snatch my edges. He was like, here's the reason you're so hurt behind this is because you feel like this not doing well means that people don't care about your grandmother and people don't care about you. The issue with that is that's my daughter and she was more than just breast cancer. Breast cancer happened to her, but it is not who she is. And when I tell you I cried, like, oh my, I felt the level of conviction of, oh my, you, yes, correct. Because if my Gigi were alive, she would have knocked me out real tall. She didn't want people to know that she was sick because she was more than this diagnosis. Now she had her little pink ribbons and her cute little, let's do the walk. You know what I'm saying? But her right. life was so much more than that. And it was once God checked me on her identity and that circumstance that he was able to reveal to me who I was in part. He didn't even give me the whole, you're a teacher. Not quite yet. He knew I wasn't ready. But he told me, like, what you're doing isn't wrong. I'm going to use it. However, not here. Not this face. Not like this. You were going to continue her legacy. My Gigi was a Bible study teacher. Ooh. So fire. I had all together. Yeah, girl. So fire that her Bible study kids have grandbabies and were at her memorial service. So when you talk about the past, see, this is why I told y'all to go back and just math the math. Because it's going to add up every time. Yeah, y'all just don't remember what she's talking about. It's the exercise about reflecting. Is it the reflecting on nothing but God moments? Yes. Yeah, so let that be your homework. Mm-hmm. Let on the nothing but God moment. Yes. And if you think that you don't have one, I'm going to look a little bit harder. Look, yeah. You're not. Notice you said God moments, not the moments that you want. What you got from Hollywood. A God moment, girl. Me waking up today. That's a God moment. Absolutely. Because somebody thought that they were going to be up today and they not. Exactly. You you been able to commute from point A to point B without it. Guess what? That's a God moment. Because somebody left for work today and not going to make it home to their family. Somebody's having the worst day of their life. And I hate to be dramatic and extreme, but it's the truth. If we positioned ourselves to have more gratitude than what we do, then you can start to experience more joy. Living life abundantly means I get more than what I expected. That's what abundantly means in that scripture when you study it in Greek. To get more than what you expected. Oh, God do that every day. This conversation, more than what we already expected. 
Yes, absolutely. This is a, this is enough. Y'all are experiencing the abundance. This conversation, what me and Crystal have talked about, and what God is doing now, this is abundant. This is the overflow of the time that myself and Crystal have spent with God. And we can get on these podcasts and on these platforms and we can speak freely and we can glorify his name and we can share experience after experience because we've submitted our lives to him. And then y'all get to eat off of the abundance. It's giving two fish five loaves, feed the multitude. Come on. And so we have to truly shift our perspective away from the shiny objects. And don't get me wrong. God is cool with us having stuff. Stuff can't have us. Ooh. Oh, my God. We right. have to. Can we just yes. pause? Yes. Right. Let's yes. just pause right there. I think you need to say that again. <laughs> it's cool. We say it's cool. God is cool with us having stuff. Solomon had everything. Joseph had stuff. David had stuff. The issue is that stuff has a hold of us. And so when you look at that scripture, about you serving two masters. When we look at the scripture, because the scripture doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money. Now let's take it back to what our definition, our correct biblical definition of love is to choose God's choices. If you look back over your life, even in the last 30 days, have you made your choices based on what God said or what you think is going to bring you more money? Because if it's the second, then you're operating out of the love of money. You're making choices based on what you think is going to get you more of what you love. I think that needs to sit with a lot of people right now. It really does. Because that part right there could be the difference between you choosing one career path versus another. Yes. And the you money uh, the ladder. Yep. You're here climbing a corporate ladder that God never told you to climb. Never. What happened to them people at Babylon? They tried to build that that tower and they kept trying to climb and climb and climb and climb. It was getting God was like, I think they little lady goes over. Remember if baby boy listening? But you all here. Climbing corporate ladders. Who told you to get up on that ladder? And people up here slandering your name, backstabbing you because you done fell off the ladder and your neck broke now. And you you weren't supposed to be on the ladder. But you chose the choice based on you trying to accumulate more money and not you trying to glorify your father. Somebody just got freed. I don't know who that was for, but somebody just really got convicted. Whether you're listening this in your car or your at your house, you was just like, oh wait, that might be me. Look, girl. <laughs> that was Holy Spirit. I just want y'all to know. Uh, I, I have no notes. <laughs> I was like, ooh. <laughs> Did you up here climbing ladders? But you're you cannot serve two masters. Right? So you either believe that God is going to supply all of your needs, needs, not your wants. And can, and can I ask all right? Mm. Oh, look, this goes into every aspect of your career, like entry level, 
mid-level. Yes. Senior level. And I'm even talking about retirement level. Listen, you, it's at that point where it's, I need to go. I need to do something different. But you're yep. just like at the edge. And I like, need to pivot. And you're scared to pivot. Yes. The reason why you're scared to pivot is because you're not trusting. Yeah. But well, how are you going to trust something you don't believe? Believe it, y'all. You have to believe. How do you trust something that you don't know because you're not in the word? Yep, yep. Ooh. I'm going to just let those questions sit with y'all. Because I know it's freeing somebody right now. Thank you for joining me in the Peculiar Palace for another episode of the Peculiar Career Chit Chat Podcast. I pray this episode empowered and inspired you to go forth and conquer your career journey. So I'll catch you here next time.